Using CGI isn't like doing brain surgery, but CGI can sure be used to feed a 3D printer that can create a custom-fitted implant that will be used in brain surgery. And CGI sure makes it easier to explain biological processes that are invisible because they are hidden inside the body. In this episode, 2227, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG pros, will tell us more when they answer the commonly asked question, how is CGI used in medicine and biology? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. And if you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome. If you're a regular listener, it's really great to see you again and welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgrose.com by Roger H. from New York, New York. And Roger asks, how is CGI used in medicine and biology? Yes, and by the end of our discussion, you'll learn some interesting things that you probably didn't know about how CGI is used in both fields of medicine and biology. And of course, they're closely related. And our goal today is that you come away with a better understanding of how CGI is used to make our lives better and, and uh, some background on the technology uh, behind some of the most important uh, advances of our time. And be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we're, we're telling you about some groundbreaking technology called the gift to humankind. That's interesting. Yeah? I'm Sean Johnston, one of your hosts. And I'm Bill Johnston, one of your other hosts. And we're extremely humble hosts, actually, of this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. That's a good question, Roger. Uh, you want to take us uh, take us home? Well, sure. Uh, so, you know, medicine CGI is used in medicine and biology in, in a lot of different ways. Um, scientists and artists alike are are using both, uh, you know, three D skills and scientific skills for uh, representing uh, biomedical uh, concepts and uh, you know chemical representations and. Um, you know, scientific illustrations of all sorts. And, you know, we've all seen those images of DNA strands floating around in some kind of liquid suspension on the covers of science magazines. And, you know, we've, you know, say to ourselves, at least I have, you know, are those real images? You know, are those electron microscopes? How how do they get those images? Uh, And the answer is, in some cases, yes, they are electron microscope uh, images. But in a lot of cases, they're not. They're actually CGI uh, models or, 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 uh, you know, data sets created uh, based on CGI. Yes, and you know, it's very interesting is that some of the history of this, um, you know, realistic medical illustrations actually for you know, medicine and biology go back all the way to the 16th century. In fact, um, medical animations uh, predate, uh, obviously, the advent of computer-generated graphics by about three decades. Um, in fact, the first uh, computer animation uh, was created by Bell Telephone Labs in 1963. And the actual phrase medical, quote, animation um, actually appears in, in text as early as 1932. So I thought that was very, very interesting while we we're doing research for this. I didn't know that. Yeah, and if you're a scientist or a researcher and, and you know, you're wanting to create uh, some realistic... I remember going in... Sean, do you remember in school we used to, you know, it's a biology class, we'd have those, those uh, basically models and the, the, the guts came out and the heart came out and the lungs came out and intestines you operation well no no not the game (laughs) i was no no more i was speaking more of like high school but Uh uh, you're going way back no i just just in 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 biology class and i used to have these 3d models and i always they were kind of plasticky and they're kind of you know kind of cheapy looking things and and i think they they always interested me i mean I, i always liked anatomically correct uh models and and uh 
So you know, if you, if that's something that's appealing to you, then then uh, you know, stay tuned. We've got we've got more stuff. I mean, you can use uh, you know through CGI uh, models. I mean, to, to model anything in biology, and and that's what they're doing. They're they're modeling molecules and parts of molecules and blood cells. And I actually did a, a nice heart animation uh, for uh, one of the UCSD uh, schools down here in San Diego, uh, and it was quite quite revealing. I mean, it was it was basically to convey a very complex. Uh, you know, condition that the heart experiences. Yes, and you just gave me, you reminded me of something. When didn't Lynn have like a an anatomically correct um, like model that was like maybe I don't know two feet high and you could you could pull? Is that the one you're referring to, where it's like translucent? This female? No, no, but body? The, but that that's really interesting. No, you, well, that's probably why I was interested in so much in science classes because yes, uh, Lynn is our sister, by the way, and uh, yeah, she had a she got one year for Christmas or her birthday something called the the uh, Visible Man. Oh, and they, of course, had something called the Visible Woman, and it was the exterior of the mm-hmm. of the human body was transparent. Um, plastic and the insides where you could see the you could see the veins uh, you could see the arteries and you could see the you know yeah on all the interior organs it was it was a pretty amazing thing as a kid that's and I, so that's, cool. that's, that's that's it was a really cool thing Sean thanks for reminding me about that. yeah I just totally just it just popped into my mind when you're explaining that so was, I thought that was super super interesting also you know uh, I didn't know this but the the first computer biological model short animation actually it was a silent film actually came out in 1978. Um, by uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, a person named Nelson Max, um, actually put a, it's a DNA with a ethidium, I guess uh, is what it's called, but if you can pin me, I can show it real quickly here. Uh, very, very, and, and this is actually, I, I have to attribute this, this is for the, uh, I got this information from the History of Computer Animation website, so appreciate them putting that together. Um, lots of really great reference uh, for the, the history of CGI there. But this is, uh, I mean, look how, um, Obviously low resolution, but at the time, man, this is this is pretty state of the art. Nineteen seventy eight, that's crazy. Yeah, and look at it. They actually have shading and lighting on it too, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I guess they they produced Bell Labs produced a series of molecular structure animations, and um, and those served as a, as a, a important role in CGI and scientific scientific visualization at the time. Pretty cool. Yeah, and they're, they're, you know, CGI is used in all sorts of scientific visualization. I, I you know we're talking about. Uh, you know some of the history. Uh, ultrasound is actually a form of. It's a technology that uses sound waves to generate an image, and it's basically it's a two D image, uh, but it's it, it's basically a slice. What you're seeing is a slice in real time of, of internal structures of the human body, and of course every pregnant woman uh, knows uh, about uh, that type of uh, visualization. But that's uh, that's a real time uh, visualization uh, of your in- insides. Uh, you know, done through the three. Uh, well, they actually, have three D ultrasound now, <laughs> that's which true. produces three D objects inside your body that you can see. So that's a pretty, pretty sweet thing too. You know, I've also heard the term four D. I haven't done any search on four D, but have you? You've heard the term, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. There's there's four D ultrasounds, and those are, as far as I understand it, um, they're that's more of a tool to assess some abnormalities in the fetus huh. um, that are hard to see in either two D and even three D. I mean, three D, you could see things such as like a like a cleft lip or something. So what is 4D? Um, what is it? Just is it? It's not a visual thing, is it? Well, it, it's 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 a higher resolution, basically, oh, is I what see. it is. They even have 5D ultrasound. <laughs> How many Ds that. can they go up to? <laughs> well, I don't know, right? Exactly, but <laughs> supposedly 5D allows you to see your baby in in a realistic photograph-like view with fl- with realistic flesh tones and, wow. and shadowing. So I guess each D is like right. a higher resolution. Of, <laughs> of Pretty something. soon it'll be animated, right? <laughs> well, that's you know that's right, Sean. Why not? 
That would be awesome, awesome. Like, remember the, uh, the obviously, the Autodesk 3D Studio babies dancing? You could actually do that same thing with your own, your own facial, you know, your own baby. I think that was one of the first so YouTube videos to get over a million views or something. Like well, that. yeah, maybe it was. I, it's, <laughs> it's interesting um, that, you know, CGI used, obviously, for biological medic medicine and, and, uh, and the like. It, it really is helpful for patient education. Um, obviously, they do medical simulations, and we're going to show a few of those things uh, here shortly. But also cellular and molecular animation, you know, to see how blood flows throughout the veins. Thought that's super super interesting and then also some stuff about viruses and how those obviously go into the, the bloodstream and then attack the body and, and what your body's response to that is thought it was really interesting i just saw one just uh, while i was doing research for this podcast it was really cool to see the inside of um of the lungs during pneumonia and what happens to the to the uh, the air sacs in in your lungs um, it really is, is more impactful to see it that way as opposed to, you know, seeing it on, on, on a, in a textbook paper, you know? Yes, um, and that's, that's the real power of, of, of CGI is to bring those concepts and those, those things that you can't see, which are inside the body, out where you can see them, into the light, where you can actually visualize them. I mean, that's the most important thing when you're trying to you know, assess somebody or deal with somebody or, 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 or you know, uh, trying to help fix somebody is, is you need to know what's going on inside. And that's, that's really been a challenge until today. Yes. And they've also do, uh, you know, they're used for forensic reconstruction. So, uh, virtual, what they call virtutopsy, um, which is like basically MRI assisted virtual autopsies, um, <clears throat> which are interesting because it's if, if there's, if the remains are too damaged to be inspected, uh, so they reconstruct it and you can kind of break it down in there for the courtroom. Let's say if it's a, you know, something, some type of a crime scene that happened. I think that was super, super interesting. And then obviously uh, electronic learning, um, surgical training and planning. So you can actually do the, the actual surgery before actually conducting that. And I can show you a video a little bit later that's super fascinating about how they, they did a face replacement, uh, reconstruction, a transplant actually. You know, the basis for a lot of that stuff is, is uh, you know, talking about uh, just to kind of bring us up a little bit, bit more in, in history is, is the CT scans. Um, those were kind of some of the uh, uh, early, uh, some of the first use of, of, of 3D computer, uh, computer tomography. Basically, that's what CT stands for, computer tomography. And, and basically what, it, what that did was it's a, it's a non-destructive scanning technique, kind of like, a, like, a, like an X-ray in mm -hmm. a way, but it uses radio waves instead of sound waves. And or X-rays, um, and it allows you and, and sound waves as opposed to uh, to ultrasound, uh, but it allows the doctor to, to see uh, structures uh, of inside your inside your body in real time in 3D. That's that's kind of a nice thing. Uh, that's kind of the was the next advance, I think. Yes, and the the interesting thing also going back just a little bit predating that is, I think there was some uh, problems early on with using like um, you know photography or compressed medical images. Um, so a lot of times they'll take photographs or they'll do, um, uh, you know, using CD, CT scans or MRIs and things like that. But a lot of times um, it's, if you're, there's a, there is a big problem with compression because if you're sending those images at the beginning of the internet, right? There's not, there, it takes forever to get the images across. And if you have, um, loss lossy images which basically create artifacts and they're not high enough resolution you can actually misdiagnose a patient and so there was a problem with that law uh, you know lossless uh, to get lossless compression is what they needed to, to uh, actually have at the very end 
uh, or actually today. Um, so uh, that's super, super important, important when you're diagnosing somebody to have the actual the highest res image you can get. Yeah, absolutely. And then and MRIs are the same way. And that, that's that's the thing is once once technology got better and and data throughput got better, you could you could up, up the resolution of all these all these imagery uh, that, that you're seeing, all these techniques that use uh, you know data to represent the image. I mean that that just becomes higher quality and higher quality as as time goes on. Yes, and there's also um, now with there's apps actually for your iPad or your phone. In fact, using um, some VR. Uh, there's an actual, if you can pin me here, this is, this is really interesting. Um, this is uh, a, a, for a, for a particular liver, this company that actually created a, an app for the iPad um, where you could actually, um, they had a three-dimensional three model of a liver. And at the same time, there's a, a uh, yeah, on the side view of it, like you mentioned, an MRI. And, and as soon as you move your finger up and down, of the the liver itself you can see where it is in the model at that point uh, of the of the actual liver i think it's pretty pretty cool the technology that you can have and visually to see that and rotate around the model and everything else it's it's pretty neat um you know of course you can you know that app can be accessed by anybody who has an ipad that's amazing well they do have actually sean i think animated mris now uh, which is a magnetic resonance imaging scanning uh, which works, it's a similar to CT scan, but it's a, it uses uh, magnetism and hydrogen atoms in, in your body and stuff like that. It's pretty complicated, but it works, it's, it's an amazing thing. And they've actually, um, yeah, they've actually uh, <laughs> recorded, actually, I think it was a technician and his, and his girlfriend, they, they jumped on there and uh, recorded themselves um, <clears throat> in an intimate situation. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, that actually revealed some very interesting scientific data, believe it or not. <laughs> that we've never known. No, that was, that was undiscoverable any other way. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. But, yeah, but the cool thing about MRIs, though, is not only can, can you see you know, inside the body, but it, you can see things that, that you, can, you can narrow, you can, you can um, section off certain things. So if you want to just look at someone's nervous system, say, you can call out the rest of the data and, and, and just kind of isolate the nervous system out and examine that. So what's really cool about the MRIs and the being in a digital format is, is you can visualize different aspects you can you know you can see just the skin or you can see just the just the liver like you, you said or you can just see the vascular system or just the just the uh the lymph you know lymph nodes if you want to you know you can it's it's a very very advanced um filtering system that you can do on those mris yes and imagine this imagine actually going into an actual cell at that level i mean there's actually a vr app right now um called cellscape and it was created by um, a man named Tyler DeWitt. And he actually has a YouTube channel with about, I don't know, one point something million um, subscribers. He, I believe he has his doctorate and he's, uh, he's very, very uh, knowledgeable in DNA and RNA and everything else in biology. And, and, and he's actually created a VR headset and uh, app. And you can see it here. And this is him, this is Tyler right here. And he said at one point he wanted to um, give his, his uh, students get them to basically shrink in the middle of a human cell and experience um, what it was actually like to be, to see everything working, all the parts working and all the micro machines. And because, it, you know, people thought basically in, in, uh, in the 18, late 1800s, uh, you know, the cell's super simple, but now with all the technology and that we know, in fact, that it's, it's so highly complex 
it's it's uh, it's it's like a world within it, you know, a, a miniature world of everything going on. Um, so this particular app is goes like I said, you can go, it, you put it right there. Google actually helped helped uh, fund this, um, but really, really, really cool um, thing for students to actually get in and, and have an idea, kind of an intuitive idea of how things work in the cell by just looking at it. Thought that was pretty neat. That is very cool, and that—that's you know, visualization is 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 a is a, one of the biggest advances I think. It's just allowing people to understand the, you know, the body, the human body is very complex, and and the, the way it works is extremely complex, and and we're just beginning to scratch the surface on how complex it actually is, and and, and having being able to visualize uh, these things at at that macro level or and even the micro level I should say, um, is is uh is a, is a pretty valuable thing because it allows you to kind of see how the systems you know interact together and and, and you know instead of in isolation you can actually see the, 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 the system working as a whole right that then that happens to i mean that really helps students to um, start asking interesting uh, questions because they're seeing how things are visually working together as opposed to reading a, a textbook you know it's just a lot more powerful you know, or staring down a microscope all day long you know Oh yeah, boring, boring. <laughs> a, little, a little hard on the eyes, honestly. <laughs> well, do you want to talk a little bit about how three D printing is is helping uh, helping out in this area, Sean? Well, I don't have anything about three D printing, but I I have more about forensic stuff. But if you want to go into three D printing, you can definitely show some some cool stuff. Oh no, there. no, go. go well, let's, we can talk about forensics. I mean, well, yeah. So this this uh, this video here uh, is by Philippe uh, Froche, or I think I'm saying that's correctly. He's a forensic artist from Paris. And he, he actually has a, a, a video on our channel, believe it or not. Um, and he does this for uh, working for 3D museums and institutions and TV producers. But he's, I'm sped it up here so you can see it, but he's actually recreated um, what particular characters in, in history looked like. Um, and I thought that was super, super fascinating. And that, using their skulls as a base. Yes. And um, you, know, you have your points uh, around the skull and what normal, normal features are based on you know, where your skull, your skull's proportions are. And I thought that's super, super neat. And he, he does a lot of really, really great work um, in this video. So he actually uses ZBrush to sculpt out the characters based on the, the measurements they've taken on the actual skull. So that, that's pretty amazing stuff. You wanna go into 3D printing? Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, they also uh, one of the other nice, uh, great advancing areas is in three D printed uh, limbs, uh, where you know basically uh, that are like the, the limb that uh, was not. Well, I won't say they're exactly like, but they look like, and and they're starting to function like, and that's even more important. They're doing some new techniques and with amputees, uh, uh, which is preserving some of the muscle and nerve endings in the in their uh, severed limbs, and they're actually able to now hook up some of these new prosthetics. Uh, to you know, primarily legs and arms, but uh, they throw them on a 3D printer, print them out, uh, wire them up, and you can see some pretty amazing details. And they they look like what they do is they scan your other body part, and then they can print one that looks is the same exact dimensions as your other limb. And so at least you're you know you look balanced. They actually function, and they work based on on nerve endings. So you can hook this up to some of the nerve endings. You can actually control the grasp strength and the the pressure, and and some of the newer. Uh, bionic arms uh, actually provide you haptic feedback which is an amazing thing i remember the bionic arms when we were a little kid uh, what was that magazine we used to what, look at and it had a guy who had an amputee who was an amputee and he had actually a bionic arm 
Gosh, that was back in the 70s, late 70s, right? Do you remember well, you know, that? Speaking, well, our favorite show was The Six Million Dollar well, Man, course, Sean, wasn't it? Of course, yeah, I mean, it was. He lost two arms, a leg, and uh, two legs, an arm, and an eyeball, if I recall. Was it you that used to watch it uh, on that little small TV and then run mm. next to it when he was running? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so exciting, so exciting. Well, well some of the, some, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, no, I don't want to trump you on that. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was, I just want to say some of the, I just want to show a couple other kind of cool things. It's, you know, instead of just not just 3D uh, printing of, of of prosthetics, they're actually printing flesh uh, now, no. which they're able to, to print. Uh, well, they're they're working on the flesh part, and that's that's one you know 3D printed skin, which is actually called bioprinting. That's a kind of a new new area in in. Uh, in uh, the biomed field, and and uh, you can do all sorts of things. And this is basically what they're doing: is they're actually printing the structure of. They'll scan your other ear, and they print these these structures, which are made of uh, you know inert material, and they seed these with with your skin cells, and and uh, they grow into body parts. It's quite an amazing thing. And they they, they use these things for you know, all sorts of things, from facial reconstruction. You know, there are a lot of people who who have been in car accidents and 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 the like, and um, are really able to. Uh, to uh, take advantage of some of these uh, technologies, here's a. I'm gonna. Here's a. I'm gonna kind of give a warning. This is kind of a gruesome thing, but I wanted to kind of show you how valuable some of this is to some people's lives. So if you're a little squeamish, please uh, look away. This is a. This is a guy who's missing part of his face. Uh, I just. I had to show it to you though. So here it is. I warned you. So here. This is. This is a, a doctor. Uh, his name is. Uh, I, he was a 9/11 responder, and he was a. His name is Doctor. Oh, Doctor Kramer. I think it is. Um, but, wow. uh, uh, gosh, I want to make sure I get his name right, but he basically, he had a whole, he had cancer of his skull. Uh, oh, Dr. N, they didn't give his name, Dr. N, and he had a neck and, uh, had, a, he had some, uh, cancer in his throat. And so he, he, uh, had, uh, lost some of his maxillae on facial, uh, features. And so they, they scanned his features and they made a, a, uh, a roof prosthetic with teeth in it to wow. kind of seal that hole up. And so now... He, he his tongue has a place to rest. It has he has a roof in his mouth where his tongue feels natural. It it, it functions right, and he's he's saying, well, now it, it feels right. He feels like a whole person, but you can see he's still got that giant uh, oh. gap in his face, which is wow. uh, it, it's pretty pretty. Uh, that's 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 amazing. Yeah, and so they they've constructed a they printed <laughs> a three D prosthetic to, that fits right over his face to cover up. And just think about that, you know. You couldn't really go out in public that way. I mean, but, right. but well, look at the results of this. I mean, for one thing, he's able to, his tongue works and he can eat now. So the food isn't going up into his cheek, you know, his cheek mm -hmm. hollow. But look at, look at the results of this. And this guy can almost go out in public now with sunglasses or, or maybe not, you know, and, and people would not stare. It's just, there's some, just uh, the advances are just incredible. Uh, I'm, they are. I'm just amazed at some of these things. They are. That, that reminds me of another one. Um, this is actually the, the Mayo Clinic's first uh, face transplant, Andy Sand, Sandness. Uh, he was battling depression when he was younger uh, and he used a high powered rifle to take his, to, to commit suicide. Um, didn't, didn't work. He, he still lived and uh, he actually ended up um, kind of blasting part of his face away. But this, this particular uh, video here shows that they used uh, 3D printing, just like you were talking about, and, and 3D animation to, to actually create areas where um, they knew exactly where to uh, cut for the, for the face donor, um, what parts they needed to replace, 
and um, the, the exact measurements. And um, so they actually did some vertical, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, virtual surgery uh, planning um, for this particular long um, uh, surgery that they did. And they actually make, made sure that all of the veins from the donor face, um, all the, the um, uh, nerve endings, everything else were correctly uh, mapped out. Um, so it they would match with uh, uh, Andy's face when they did the actual um, transplant. And I, I think this is probably the most exciting thing about um, medical imaging that's being used um, to help you know, basically reconstruct your face um, and do a transplant. I mean, that to me, I would love to see, and this is him, this is Andy when right after surgery. And so he's looking at his face for the first time going, wow, this is amazing. Couldn't talk really at that point. So he actually writes to the doctor, he writes something down. But you can see at the very, very end, about six months after his surgery, his face just, right, look at that. Amazing, amazing, right? And he's talking from that to the end. That's, that's, that's amazing. I just it's love that. It's a miracle. It, it really is a miracle. miracle. Well, so. you know, that, that kind of brings up uh, kind of what so I wanted to, we've been saving kind of towards the end. There's, there is a real miracle going on now, and it's, 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 it's being called uh, a gift to humanity. Mm. And what it basically is, is it, it's an AI software called AlphaFold 2 that's capable of solving what's called protein structure prediction, um, or commonly protein folding. You've probably, you may have heard about it, but basically it, it, it accurately predicts how proteins are created and how they fold into their shapes. And, and that's really important because proteins are a string of amino acids that are the building blocks of, of our bodies, of life, basically. And, uh, you know, without going too, too much into it, basically what this software does, and I'll, I'll show you uh, just a quick quick little go of it. It basically predicts how, how, uh, how proteins are folded and basically that's a, that's an important thing because the protein chain is a 3D object, and in order to know how molecules work, you have to know what how they're gonna how they're shaped and how they plug into the other proteins in the body. And so this software is just a it's a it's an amazing thing. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle because each each protein has to fit in with other proteins, um, and it's pretty complicated. But in order to do what it needs to do. Um, we need to know how these things work and how they function. And this AI software, as you can see, predicts with 94% accuracy what the protein is going to look like by you type in the 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 the, uh, the amino acids that's that are involved, and out comes a prediction of the protein. Wow! It's a, it's an incredible kind of thing, and you can see how how it, the technology has really gone up so just since 2018 to now. I mean, and this is this is this is monumental when you think about what it it means for um, you know, creating, uh, you know, you, we can engineer blood cells. We can, we can actually start engineering our own things if we can learn how to create these proteins. So it's, a, it's monumental, it's just groundbreaking. And so I just wanna be sure to let you guys know about that. Right, there's also uh, real, real, real time uh, using Unreal Engine now. They're actually using that to do medical illustrations as well. Uh, obviously, uh, you can see that with this particular video here is you know, the COVID-19 um, the, uh, the virus, obviously. Um, so it, it's, it's amazing what you can do even in real time today. Thanks again for being part of our podcast today. And we want you to know we do them just for you. Uh, we really had fun answering Roger's question, how is CGI used in medicine and biology? We hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as Bill and I did. And uh, you learned something uh, you didn't already know. And if you did, please do us a favor and share it with some of your friends, uh, as well as click on that like button because it does help YouTube to find other people who are interested in CGI and VFX like you are. 
And uh, by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover in one of our podcasts, you can let us know by going to our website at cgbros.com and up to the About Us tab and over to the Ask Us Anything dropdown, just like Roger did. We're always looking to improve our podcast and we'd like to uh, know what you think. Please leave us a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees. We may even read it during our, one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, Sean and I bring you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider uh, here every week. Uh, where, of course, we discuss things having to do with computer graphics and CGI animation and digital VFX, as well as other interesting and related uh, topics that come to our attention. We're really looking forward to seeing you here for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. How is CGI used in product visualization? Oh, that sounds like it'll be quite cool. We will see you here next week. Bye for now. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is CGI used in medicine and biology? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the thank you button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future broadcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us on the audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information, delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is CGI used in product design? This has been episode 2227 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.